0: Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Rob Gunther.
1: And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Wednesday, October 12th, and we've got the latest news you need and want to know. Plus, we dive into whether millennials will ever be able to buy a home.
2: There's more than 70 million millennials in the U.S. today. And that's just a lot of people, and there simply just aren't enough homes for
0: all those people.
1: But first, the latest.
0: In a wide-ranging interview on CNN last night, President Biden said Russian President Vladimir Putin has badly miscalculated his war in Ukraine. He's acted
1: brutally. I think he's committed war crimes.
0: Biden also talked about Tuesday's G7 meeting, which included President Volodymyr Zelensky. The group recommitted its support for Ukraine after renewed Russian attacks and claims to Ukrainian territory.
1: The idea, nothing about Ukraine without Ukraine. So I'm not about to, nor is anyone else, prepared to negotiate with Russia about them staying in Ukraine, keeping any part of Ukraine, etc.
0: Jake Tapper asked Biden if he'd be willing to meet with Putin at next month's G20 meeting in Indonesia. The answer was basically no, except...
1: For example, if he came to me at the G20 and said, I want to talk about the release of Greiner, I'd meet with him. Maybe it would depend. The former San Antonio police officer who shot an unarmed teenager eating a burger in a McDonald's parking lot has been arrested. James Brennan turned himself in last night, hours after Eric Cantu's attorney said the 17-year-old is on life support. Brennan faces two charges of aggravated assault, charges likely to be upgraded if Cantu doesn't survive. San Antonio police released body cam footage of the October 2nd shooting. It shows Brennan firing multiple shots. At Kentu, after ordering him to get out of his car, Brennan says he thought it was a vehicle that had evaded him earlier.
0: The Treasury Department is slapping a $24 million fine on a Seattle-based cryptocurrency exchange for violating U.S. sanctions. The government says the exchange, called Bitrex, allowed rogue actors in places like Iran, Syria, and Crimea to launder money and make financial exchanges for years. It's the biggest penalty of its kind, and it's part of a broader US crackdown on crypto crime.
1: Unionization efforts across the U.S. continue to spread. And now an Amazon warehouse in upstate New York could become the company's second unionized facility. Voting begins tomorrow and lasts through Monday at the site near Albany. But even if workers vote in favor of unionizing, they really face an uphill battle. Amazon still hasn't recognized the union victory at the first facility on Staten Island this spring, despite a federal labor official endorsing it.
0: Well, folks, the votes have been counted, and the winner of Fat Bear Week 2022 is the Bear 747.
1: He's been called the Barrow Plane, Bear Force One, an
0: absolute unit, and the incredible bulk. That's Mike Fitz. He's the guy who came up with Fat Bear Week. The naturalist says 747 likely weighs around 1,400 pounds. He received 11,000 votes to take the crown over Bear 901, The two faced off in the annual bracket of brown bears in Katmai National Park in Alaska. 747 also won in 2020. And while he hasn't yet returned our request for comment, sources say he's planning to celebrate by just chilling in a cool stream, polishing off some more salmon, and getting ready to hibernate.
1: Here at The Refresh from Insider, we have the news you need and want to know always up to date. And hey, if you like what you hear, help us keep the sound waves on by telling other people to listen to the show. President Biden is joining calls for three Los Angeles City Council members to step down over a leaked recording of racist remarks. Here's White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. The language that was used and tolerated during that conversation was unacceptable, and it was appalling. At a city council meeting Tuesday, many speakers said they felt betrayed. Mike Bonin slammed comments by former council president Nuri Martinez, who was heard calling his young black son a
2: monkey. And I take a lot of hits, and, and hell, I know I practically invite a bunch of them. But my son... Man, that makes my soul
0: bleed and it makes my temper burn. Shares in Meta dropped more than 4% Tuesday after Mark Zuckerberg unveiled the company's new VR headset and its $1,500 price tag. That's nearly four times the price of its current MetaQuest 2 kit. The Quest Pro promises to let users use augmented reality, which overlays virtual elements onto the real world, and it'll work with Microsoft Office and Xbox apps. It's a clear effort to get ahead of a rumored Apple device expected next year, which for now, it seems like some customers are saying they'd rather wait for that.
1: The Golden State Warriors will not suspend Draymond Green. That's in spite of TMZ leaking video of Green punching his teammate Jordan Poole last week. The viral moment has consumed sports media ever since. Uh, This is the biggest crisis that we've ever had um, since I've been coach here. It's really serious stuff. That's Warriors coach Steve Kerr last night. He said the team is fining green, but the veteran forwards expected it practice tomorrow.
0: The airline Lufthansa has been back and forth on Apple AirTags, causing confusion over whether they can be used to track luggage. On Sunday, the airline said no, the Bluetooth tags must be deactivated on checked bags to comply with the International Civil Aviation Organization's guidelines. But those rules aren't clear either, especially in Europe. Lufthansa is now backtracked, saying they've not issued a ban, and they've called on regulators to adapt rules for tech like this.
1: The Supreme Court is hearing a case today that involves Prince and Andy Warhol and could have wide-ranging consequences on copyright law and fair use. On one side, there's photographer Lynn Goldsmith, who took an iconic picture of Prince back in the 80s. And on the other is the Andy Warhol Foundation, which owns and has made money off of illustrations Warhol made of Prince based on Goldsmith's picture. I won't get into the weeds here, but this is the big picture. Right now, artists, satirists, news shows have a lot of freedom to use copyrighted work if they add something new to it. The justices will have to decide if Warhol transformed Goldsmith's work enough to make it something new. When it comes to finally owning their home, it feels like millennials cannot catch a break. From the 2008 financial collapse to the pandemic, there have been a lot of obstacles, but can we really say that it's never going to happen? James Rodriguez is a real estate reporter at Insider, and he's written about how this generation of over 70 million people might be shut out of home ownership forever. James, welcome. Thanks for having me. Your article is titled, Sorry Millennials, You're Never Getting a Good Home. Well, I am a millennial who was until recently searching for a home, but I've put that search on hold, probably indefinitely. So, is all hope lost?
2: You know, I do want to say it's not totally impossible. In 2021, millennials accounted for 43% of home buyers. And so that's a significant number. But, you know, one economist I talked to basically told me, That's just a function of the sheer size of the generation. As you noted, there's more than 70 million millennials in the U.S. today. And that's just a lot of people. And there simply just aren't enough homes for all those people. And the millennial home ownership rate still lags that of other generations. At the age of 30, just 42% of millennials owned a home compared with 51% of boomers at the same age.
1: Huh. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense that a lot of us have bought homes because, one, we're now in our 30s and 40s, and it's so many of us.
2: Yeah, and you know, it's important to think about where millennials started. As you mentioned, for a lot of older millennials, they graduated right into the Great Recession, so that hindered their career prospects and wages from the start. They were also taking on much more student debt than previous generations, so it took time to recover from all that. And then you fast forward to 2020 and right as this huge cohort of millennials is aging right into their prime home buying years in their early 30s, the pandemic hits.
1: You talk about there being fewer homes available to purchase, fewer homes being built each year. And nearly one out of every five homes right now is being bought by deep pocketed folks and investment firms. Why are there so few homes available?
2: It's not like we didn't know that There would be this whole cohort of millennials in need of a home you know yeah demographic analysts have have known that it's just that there were all these other factors that basically dissuaded home builders from ramping up production to meet all of this demand that we knew was coming so now we have all these other forces that are are trying to buy homes as well you have big wall street firms and and smaller investors as well and then going head to head with first-time buyers and so you have all these different groups that are kind of scrambling for homes at the moment
1: one of the obstacles you mentioned to us never being able to get a home or a good one is baby boomers. Explain.
2: <laughs> so boomers are not only staying in their homes longer than previous generations, which reduces the number of homes on the market, but they've also been going head to head with millennials over homes as they seek to downsize in their later years. So The share of recent buyers who are 60 years and older actually grew 47% from 2009 to 2019, uh, meaning that millennials, to quote a Zillow study, face more competition from their parents and grandparents' generations than their predecessors did.
1: That sounds like something ripe for therapy talk. (laughs) So say I could, for example, swing a down payment and just accept a higher interest rate on a mortgage now in hopes of refinancing when interest rates drop again in the future. Is that something you're seeing people do or any experts recommend?
2: You know, the nice thing is there's kind of a common saying, you marry the home, you date the rate. And (laughs) so um, it's just, are you willing to stomach that higher mortgage rate, which in some instances can add hundreds of dollars to your monthly payments. Um, Yeah. You know, you do see people out there that are betting, you know, eventually rates are going to fall and it doesn't seem like homes are going to be getting that much cheaper. So some people are definitely taking that strategy.
1: Okay, so say I'm not entirely deterred and I do want to buy a home. Is there a strategy I should take?
2: Even though there are a lot of factors working against millennials right now, I think it is important not to give up hope. And sometimes you may even just need to count on good old-fashioned luck sometimes. Mm-hmm. I talked to one 30-year-old in the Philadelphia area. She gave up her home search after her 12th offer was rejected. She was you know, depressed. It was just a really tough time. And then a month later, her agent called and told her that the winning bid on that house had actually fallen through. And she ended up being able to go back to the negotiating table and make that deal after all and, and buy that house. And so at this point you kind of just have to be willing to take some lumps and hope that eventually something will win out.
1: James, thanks for chatting.
2: Thanks so much for having me.
1: James Rodriguez is a real estate reporter with Insider. Make sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please leave a rating and review. It helps other people discover the show. I am Rebecca Iberra.
0: And I'm Rob Gunther. Thanks for listening.